Welcome back to Big D Energy. I have Carissa Dean, who is a life and business coach for women uh, and entrepreneur of all sorts of many businesses of all kinds. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great description. I love it. That's my new bio. A jack of all trades. <laughs> Insane person. Yeah. So welcome. Thanks for coming Thank on you. and chatting with me. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us what you do. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, basically I don't do anything. Um, I, I run around in circles, uh, between a property management company that I, um, own and operate the properties. Um, I am a female, truck driver. So I have a trucking business that I, um, work and do government jobs. Um, thankfully that's a well-oiled machine. So I'm often not in a dump truck anymore. And my latest endeavor, um, is, uh, well, I guess there's two more. So I am a leadership coach, you know, for female entrepreneurs. I love business. I'm really, um, obsessed with it. And so because of that, I started coaching and just have really, really enjoyed, that journey, um, over the last four years. And just most recently we bought a farm. That's my background. So I'm sitting on our (laughs) sun porch of our hundred year old farmhouse, um, where we, um, you know, are hoping to start some more business endeavors. Mm, There you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, buddy. Even more. Bring it on. I know. Yeah. Um, all right. So, Tell me a little bit about like, so we're talking about healthcare. We're talking about how it's not great, how it can be needs to be significantly improved on multiple levels. Um, so what is your experience with, with the system? Like what, what's been your, yeah. Over the course of your life. It's so interesting, Dee, because you and I have geeked out on a lot of stuff, and I love you so much. I'm so proud of you, by the way. I just want to toss that in there. I'm so proud of you, by the way, for doing this and having these conversations because I think part of what is missing in our society is conversation, and it's hard conversations where we're not all going to agree because we all have different experiences within it. So. I'm just going to speak from my experience with the healthcare system. So being an entrepreneur, um, first and foremost, health insurance, the cost of it, astronomical. I mean, it's damn near impossible to um, pay for a, a, a plan that actually supports you in, in an emergency situation. Um, and also as somebody who had to shop around for 25 employees trying to find a plan that could fit everyone's needs, it's impossible. You know, I mean, there are people who are like, hey, my kid has this or hey, my husband needs this or my wife or my partner, you know, or I need this like and that plan won't cover my my, you know, prescription and different things like that. So I think there's a very broken system here. Um, and I travel a lot. And so having traveled and be been in other countries where I've needed different prescriptions or different things like that. Um, it's just, it's simpler in a lot of ways. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think we're complicating 
the medical field because we've created a business. So that would be like my main thing. And I love business, but healthcare shouldn't be a business because we're missing the mark. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where it's like, I, um, I did like, I did this whole live yesterday that I only anticipated being like 10, 15 minutes and I rampaged on for like almost close to an hour. And of course you did. I got to the point where I was just like, like, because you were talking to me the other day about like compassion or like lack thereof. And it got my mind going and I was thinking, and I got to a point where I was like, okay, I think I'm done with this. And then I said like one thing and I was like, and what that one thing was, is that like we in the, as providers and caretakers in this field, we spend more time looking into a computer screen mm-hmm. than we do looking into the eyes of another human being. And like, yeah. How many times do you go that? to the doc? Yes, exactly. How many times do you go to the doctor and you're, and they're just like this? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. how do you even, even know what's going on with me? Yeah. They're not even looking at me. They're not even like being like, what are you, what do your eyes look like? I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. as a coach and, and you know, this, like, people's physical bodies tell a story Mm -hmm. you know but you're not taught you know you're not taught that in medicine in school like I don't ever remember learning about energetics of any sort at all like the only thing that you I think that you were ever taught about like to read people and to like really assess things like that is like in the sense of like um like abuse cases and things like that where you had to try to see, like, the dynamic of, like, what may or may not be going on or, like, weird family dynamic situations. But, like, otherwise, like, not really in regard to, like, just assessing a patient, which... That's interesting. Makes no sense. Which is, like, why when I started working with dementia patients, which is why we have that whole philosophy, but, like, it, that's all energetics. And, like, if you don't have that, like, it's a lot harder than it needs to be. And so, yeah, it is a lot harder. And, you know, I mean, and I think that I, I, in my experience, you know, I've had a lot of different medical needs and um, traumas and I'm turned off by our system. I'm really turned off by it because I don't feel like they see the whole person. It's like what you and I were talking about the other day. It's a lot of band-aid effect and that's where the compassion is missing. It's like, Oh, let me put an out a band-aid on your boo-boo. But I'm like, but the boo-boo's like deeper where you can't see it. And we need to start paying attention to those deeper things, but we can't do that if we're not compassionate. That's for sure. No. And it's like, and it's crazy because, like, you – I feel like so many of us, like, enter into this, like, line of work with this thought of, like, oh, my God, I'm going to help people. And it's, like, you know, and, like, when you're in school, it's kind of like this, like – I don't know. It's just – it's not real enough to really understand. And it's, like, still kind of, like, romanticized almost of, like, oh, this is going to be great. And, like, I'm also going to make pretty good money. And I'm also going to, like – you know, if you're, like, a nurse, I'm going to have a pretty good schedule. So it's, like – all fine and dandy and then like you get into the environment and it's like there's just like it's not even like something that's even necessarily like spoken about it's like not like people come up to you and they're like by the way i'm just gonna teach you right now that you just need to not give a shit 
It's like it's not that, but it's just just this undercurrent that like you pick up on when you get there that it's just like you don't you either you don't have time for it or if you get too attached to it, then it's going to like hurt too much and you're going to like suffer mentally and like just task focus task after task and just get the job done versus like knowing anything more than just your patient's like name and why they're there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so do you yeah so you know, do you like, think that that is why we're seeing the lack of compassion because i think you do bring up some really valid points like if i care more then it's going to be harder for me at the end of the day yeah and that's the thing is like we're not taught i mean and that's like that's like part of this whole burnout but we're not taught that like we're allowed to like have emotions in this line of yeah. work where your goal is right. to take care of somebody and like instead, because like you can have that, you can have the compassion, you can have these feelings and you can feel sad. It's human nature. Like you should feel sad if like eh, with someone's family of somebody who's dying like that, you should feel sad about that. That's a human. And like yeah. to be to like be almost like forced into this like way of being that like we're not supposed to like we're just supposed to put up these walls and block it out because it's too much or I don't really have time because I have eight million other things I need to do so I don't have time to like sit here and feel sad about this for a second so it's like block out and then it's like like I had said you know, like yesterday that like I got to the point working in long-term care where I there people die all the time it's expected it's like just the stage of yeah. life it's why they're coming there it's just normal and so like you get to the point like where at first you're like man this is like a lot like there's I knew this I knew I expected this but like didn't and then you get to right. a point where you just start to like put up these walls and you're like yep another one died yep another one died and then like then you do you don't have anything and like that spilled over into my personal life to the point where like I had two grandparents over the course of like you know, several years that I had worked in long-term care who died and I didn't process it at all. Like I didn't, I was just like, yep, another one. And like, like it's specifically my grandfather. Like it took me a year <laughs> to finally realize that like he had actually passed away. And I was yeah. like, what is this? And so at that point I had to change, like I completely changed the way that I approached it. Like I no longer cared about the time. I no longer cared about, like, if I was going to get home late, like, if it meant that I had to sit with a family for an hour to have a really long discussion about what we should do for their mom or dad, then that's what it meant. And if it meant me that's being, the like, compassion. Really, for really forward, you know, because it's, like, <clears throat> it's just, like, it's so funny, like, thinking back to, like, my time there because it feels like it's been so long, <laughs> but it, like, really hasn't. And, yeah. like, I used to be told by, like, other staff members in meetings that we would have with families that, like, I was too um, too forward and, like, too harsh. Because I didn't, like, sugarcoat anything. Like, if they ask me a question, I'm going to give you my answer based on not my, my personal opinion, but what my previous experiences have led me to hypothesize may yeah. be the outcome of this, you know, yeah. deal. Yeah. And I would just be very frank and honest and like people, like staff members were like, oh, oh my God. And like, that was like one of the jokes, but like, I didn't care. Cause at that point I was confident enough in my career that like, I knew 
I was doing the right thing. And right. when I, but the thing is, is like, I never, ever got a complaint from a family member. Every time it was the exact opposite of like, thank you for being open and honest and like not feeding us a line of bullshit basically. Which is what a yeah. lot of people do because they're scared to be honest. They're scared to look somebody in the eye and say, your dad is going to die. Yeah. And we need to stop doing what we're doing because we're actually making it worse. <laughs> we're making yeah, him and more that's uncomfortable than he needs to be. Like, you know, and it was like, and they got to the point like where those conversations were literally like one of my favorite to have because like, mm. I just, it was like, it just flowed out of me. Like, I didn't even have to think about, like, what I was saying because it was just so, like, natural. And, like, and it also didn't, like, bother me or scare me where, like, a lot of people are just scared to, like, just say what needs to be said because, like, they feel bad. But, like, you can feel bad. Like, I feel bad. I'm sorry that this is happening to you. But also this is. The reality of what needs to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I and think, not- D, like, that's the thing. That's the thing that's missing is the time to, like, look me in my eyes and, like, give it to me straight, but also, like, acknowledge that, like, it's okay that I can be sad. Like, you and I talked about I had a miscarriage, and I had to go to the ER because my bleeding was so aggressive, and we, my doctor was like, it's too much. And I will never forget that moment in the hospital where the ER doctor like barely looked at me in the eyes, barely like connected with me. I'm, I'm with my mom. I'm bawling my eyes out. Like I'm traumatized. I like I'm pregnant and I'm losing my child. And this woman could not be bothered less. And basically like was like, you're going to go get an ultrasound and then we're going to do this and then we're going to do this and then you'll get to go home. And I'm like, can you, like, look at me and just, like, realize that this is a very, like, raw human experience? Like, I get it. We're in the ER and you you have, like, people dying and different things happening. But, like, the level of, of compassion that I received in that moment on that day is the reason I then had a home birth with my daughter. I would, I refused to go back to a hospital. I said, this, that is for people who don't want to receive loving care. And so I, I spent a ton of time researching to find loving care. And that's when I kind of like flipped. I went to, I went to naturopaths. I went to, and started doing, you know, Chinese medicine and acupuncture and, um, hired an amazing midwife who literally held my hand and looked mm-hmm. me in the eyes and like communicated very clearly about like where we were at in my labor, but, but was doing it in a way where she was like, I've been there. I get it. I see you. You are human having a human experience. It's okay to cry. It's okay that you just threw up. It's okay that you're like going to poop your pants. Like whatever it is, you know, it's like there's like a humanness that that is there. And I I don't think all healthcare professionals are that. So I don't want to like put an overarching like all healthcare is bad because I I do think that it's necessary. Like it is a necessary, but, but it can be so much better. 
Um, The other thing that we talked about too was the level of advocacy that one has to do for themselves. Oh my God. Tell me about it. It is. And that's the thing is like, it's, it's so, it's, it's interesting for me because like, I've never not known like a little bit of the inside scoop of how the healthcare system works. Right. Because when you're in it, you, you learn about the ins and outs of it. So you are able to navigate it much better. Like I would know that like, if an insurance claim that I got was not right, who to call and what to say and what to do. And like, people don't know that stuff. If I needed a referral to a specialist, like I knew the ins and outs, I knew people and how to get in faster or who was good and who wasn't, you know, and people don't have a clue. It's like, you got like, you know, like you have like surgeons who are like terrible, terrible surgeons who like, when you work within a system, like you, you know, their work, you know, it's bad. And you're like, I've, everybody's like, I would never go to them. And, but people on the outside, they don't know that. They don't know yeah. what they're getting themselves into. They assume you're a surgeon. You should know what you're doing and you're going to do a good job. And it's like, and that's like everybody, but it's like, I don't think that like, I truly don't think that like people go in thinking it's going to be like that because like I was thinking back, like when I was talking about it yesterday I was like actively thinking back to like my schooling and in undergrad and graduate school and like never once did like these types of like things get like discussed pushed into you or like discuss yeah like there's no mention of it but like and the thing is too is like you you knew a little bit more about it like once you were in graduate school because a lot of people like have been working at that point in the field like a lot of people either work for a while and then go back or like I was working while I went back to school and so I had already knew kind of the, some of the fucked up parts that already existed it's just you don't see there's different parts of it when you start to change roles and so you're like oh well, this seems better and this seems better like when you're in school and then you get into it and you're like oh fuck it's the same it's, you know, it's, oh, it's just as bad on this side of the wall as it is on that side of the wall. Yeah. Well, and I think, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think business in general is hard, right? Especially the bigger you are. Managing people is hard and there is no one size fits all. Like you can't please everyone. But the thing here with our system is that we are failing the problem that we are there to solve, right? There's like a total disconnect of like, if we're there to take care of the people and help the people feel better and provide a certain standard or level of care, we're failing. We're, we're greatly failing. I mean, even just as a society, we're failing. And I think you and I talked about this, like in LA where the, it is not just, um, it's not the drug administration and the food administration. It's the drug and food administration. And so, like, when that clicked for me, I was like, oh, shit. Like, these guys at the top making all this profit, they're profiting on the shitty fucking food that we're feeding people. And then they're profiting in the drug market because they're prescribing the drugs to help with the symptoms of the shitty food. And it's just like we have this chain of effects that is literally killing our society and creating disease. Mm -hmm. And you have like, like you said, you have like one umbrella in charge of like two of the 
biggest and most profitable industries in this nation, like without a doubt. And it's yeah. like, like they came, like they just recently came out with a new Alzheimer's medication that like works differently. It works on like the plaques that s- supposedly build up in your brain with Alzheimer's. And there's so many people that out there that are like, no, no, like not okay, possible, maybe, but like, no, it's not, it's not going to really make, still make that much of a difference. Like why the fuck, are, like, what are we doing? Like we're just what are we reaching doing? for like, we're reaching for straws. And I understand that like, you know, diseases like that are terrible and, you know, rip families apart and change people and stuff. But it's like also too, like what me and I say all the time is like, instead of like looking at everything in such like a negative lens, like why don't we just see it for like what it can, what it is first of all. Right. Cause we're not changing it. Nope. It is what it is. So let's just embrace it. And then like, let's just like see the beauty that actually is it because like, these people are being the most open and honest and truthful humans out of anything. So, like, you we know, should listen like... to them. The world should be run by Alzheimer's patients because they can't lie. Exactly. They can't yeah, lie. Because their societal filters, as the disease advances, start to go away. So, you know, it's like kids that when kids up to a certain point, they don't care what yeah. anybody thinks, which is why we're all embarrassed when they say something. And we're all sitting there thinking, well, fuck, that's the truth. Exactly. And then, but we're embarrassed that our kids said it. And we're all just like, oh, instead, we can't all just be like, yeah, that's all the truth. He said exactly what we're all thinking. Like, <laughs> Exactly. And I think I think to your point, too, it's like, you know, when you're when you're looking at somebody, especially as they're aging, it's like, what if instead of trying to put a bandaid over Alzheimer's or dementia and like, like we're already too late by the time you get these diagnoses, like Parkinson's, like all these diseases, you're, you're too late to the game. Cancer, all of them, right? And so it's like, what if instead of focusing on fixing the problem, once the problem arises, we actually educated people to take care of themselves from a younger age so that we're like prolonging life and avoiding some of these really detrimental diseases. Mm-hmm. What if? Right? What, what if? if? What? what a fascinating concept. What if we had the time to do that, you know? And that's the thing too. Yeah. Like in, in like a primary care, like you, like you go to a primary care doctor. What do we like? What do we get? Max 15 minutes? Like max? Maximum. And you got people walking in who have, I mean, like, what, I get a patient in the nursing home, they have a list of diagnoses this long. And, like, so they came from somewhere with that. So, like, I have 15 minutes to see you and you have a laundry list of diagnoses? Come on. Good like, luck. that's just not. And it's just why, and it's just, oh, so, like, what's the quick fix? They're complaining about something. Yeah. How do I get them out of here so they stop complaining about it because this is the 20th person today who's bitched about something and I'm tired and I don't care. Yeah. And I have and my I own life and here. my own shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I know I'm well, going to be here till eight o'clock tonight. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think the, the flip of it too is like, we are smart enough as a culture, but we're, we're fucking lazy. Mm. We are smart enough as a culture to identify that this system is failing us. 
Um, and most, you know, most of us, I would, I would say, have the education to understand what we need to do, how to advocate for ourselves, but we don't because it's too hard. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is why most, you know, it's like, like, obviously like in our world, it's a little bit different with the people that we're more surrounded with than I think the majority of <clears throat> the human population at this point in time. But like, so where we see the ways in which people can like heal themselves and like take care of their bodies and work through generational trauma and heal bloodlines and heal their own trauma and then have their bodies, you know, be significantly improved on a physical standpoint. And it's like, like I haven't had, like I haven't had health insurance. You were talking about health insurance earlier. I haven't had health insurance for like, a little over a year now because once I left, once I had left, once I started working for myself, even when I was still practicing, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to get health insurance right now. Like one, that's, it's insanely expensive. So no thanks. And like, I just take care of my body. So I don't need this. And yeah. I haven't been to a doctor in like two years. And Mia's the same way. She hasn't had health insurance for like two years ever since she left. And it's like, you know, obviously there's things that what you know it would come in handy for if for emergency situations and stuff, which sure. can, you know, throw you multiple tens of thousands of dollars in the hole. But like, which is uh, that's a whole. But the thing is, is gamut exactly but the thing is like as you're talking i'm like yes a hundred percent and also i do have health insurance and i'm still paying tens of thousands of dollars exactly. so like that what too. the fuck so is just, the point right There's you no might point. as well just not have the health insurance because you know what in all honesty if you have a medic if you have a medical bill you you can pay like five dollars a month and they can't touch you yeah it's like it's it's the it's just crazy. I don't understand. Like you want you system... charge money because you want the money, but like, it's like you don't. I like I had a like, I had a bill one time that like I just forgot about, and like I'm like I don't. And then they like kept sending it, and I for some reason I just kept ignoring it, and I don't know. And it was like almost a year later, and they're like, hey, by the way, like, are you ever gonna pay this bill? Like, just in the nicest way. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know it even existed. And they're like, it's okay. Like, if you need a payment plan. It was like a $40, like, copay. It wasn't even, like, anything, like, it was just something <laughs> silly. And it was, like, it wasn't, like, some astronomical thousands of dollars worth of bill that I was, like, I'm just going to avoid this for a while. Like, yeah, like, no, I don't need a payment plan. I just didn't realize it existed. You're like, oh, that's okay, but if you need a payment plan. And I was, like, wow, fascinating. I Had I have known that sooner, like, shit, I mean, so now I'm not, that's the least of my worries as far as, you know, financial status is a high medical yeah. well and i think you know there are many many times where nigel myself or ruby we just i tell them we don't have insurance and i pay out of pocket because it's a better rate anyways with my copay and all the other bullshit that comes along with it but like here's the thing so we spend a lot of time in nicaragua every year now there are things that happen and you know what you need like i don't want to diss the farm world, because let me tell you, when I have a yeast infection, I fucking want my medicine. I know exactly what I need and I want to walk. You know what I mean? Like, okay. So 
This is like TMI maybe for some people, but like if you're female, you've had a yeast infection or a bladder infection and they're miserable. Mm -hmm. If you're in Nicaragua, you literally can walk into a pharmacy and say, this is what I have. And they will give you the medicine and it takes less than five minutes. It is a fraction of the cost. If I'm in America, I have to like go through this chain of commands where I have to call, make an appointment, Maybe I can do it virtually. Thanks. That's one one thing we can say thanks to COVID is that we, we can do these tele visits, oh, which right. is super rad. And that didn't exist before. So I guess we'll like say thanks COVID for, you know, getting us all online. Um, but like <laughs> there's this order of operations and then it's like the pharmacy, I'm going to have to wait like hour or more. Mm-hmm. And it's like, meanwhile, you're just miserable. And that's just like one example of, of how we're like overcomplicating. And when I think about it too, it's like, no wonder the medicine's so expensive. I just talked to five fucking people who need to take home five paychecks so that I can get one pill that actually should cost like $3, which I'm pretty sure I'd have to look at my math or whatever I paid, but I think it was like $3 in Nicaragua. And I was in and out in five minutes. I had what I needed, you know, and it's like, they're not handing out narcotics. They're handing out things that are like, we know we need because we do know our bodies. Well, that's, yeah. What in, um, I like one of my closest friends is from Lebanon. And so when at between like, after like undergrad and before graduate school, like we went there for, we were spent like three weeks there. And so they, and they're the same way. Like you can walk in and get like cardiac meds and like, like as long as you have like a, like a prescription, like, but they're like, it's like, but like, there's so many things you can just get over the counter there that like, because like your doctor said so so like you just go there and tell them and they just give it to you like or like you just pay for it but it's not like anything crazy like like they would buy heart medications from there and and like send them over but like because like it's crazy because like here you can't afford it or here if you're not a citizen or don't have health insurance you definitely can't afford it and it's like that's like the one you know and that's the scariest thing about like it's not necessarily like if you have to go to a hospital or have something done like that, as far as like not having health insurance, but like if you are a person who actually needs some sort of prescription. Yeah. And then like, it's this like crazy brand new, you know, hot off the shelf right out of the factory. Yeah. Well, I mean, an EpiPen is like a year. Yeah. An EpiPen. Something that fucking saves people's lives and is necessary to have, like, in the moment. They're, like, $500. Yeah. If with insurance. I mean, they did the same thing with insulin. Yeah. And you have to wonder, like, what's the point? Like, I don't... It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, who... Why, why are we, like, purposefully taking medications that we know, like, a diabetic without insulin is going to die. So, mm-hmm. like, a, a person with a an allergy that can put them into septic shock who doesn't have an EpiPen will die. Like, what? 
But that's you know, that's the it's thing. Like, it's a business. It's a business because somebody's right. getting fucking wealthy rich off of our diseases. Right, right. And they see, you know, in something like diabetes, oh my God, talk about if we just learned some lifestyle, you know, but it's just, and it's so multi-layered though, you know, it's like you, like, it's just, there's so many like facets to this whole thing, but it's like, you know, you talk about like the FDA, right? And it's like, well, there, so like, oh, you have the FDA driving this food that we're all putting in our bodies from the time that we're toddlers that's processed and full of hormones and full of antibiotics and full of all everything that like our body doesn't need and fake and then, chemicals and you know and then we wonder why we have astronomical cancer rates and astronomical chronic inflammatory disease rates because our bodies are reacting to the shit that's going in there that shouldn't be in there like we're just in a we are in a state of inflammation from the time we are literally born and if we are lucky enough to breastfeed to breastfeed but once we come off that like forget it yeah and it's like and like like we like like we used to be like pretty strict about like I mean, we still are for us, like, as far as, like, gluten, like, we try to avoid it for the most part because, like, we've just learned from trial and error that, like, it's not a full-blown allergy, but, like, you can tell if you've gone a month without eating gluten and you go out one night and eat a plate full of pasta, like, I'm like, oh, feel my it. God. And, like, same with, like, dairy. Like, so there's times where we indulge and we don't really, like, and sometimes we talk about, like, there's, I've we think it's, like, you know, the energy behind it, too. Like, if you go into 100%. it, like, oh, I'm going to feel like shit after I eat this pizza. <laughs> Otherwise, be like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy the fuck out of this pizza. And I'm going to, like, it's going to feel great. And I don't care. And, like, that, it really does make such a huge difference. But it's, like, with Ronan especially, like, he, like, we could tell, like, when he would, like, if he ate gluten, like, how he would like his belly like he'd get like bloated or like he has like eczema so like his mm. his skin would get like way way worse but like yeah. so we try for the most part to avoid it and we've and he knows it so like now he gets to a point where he's like can i have a gluten filled croissant please and he'd be like just one and it's like yeah but like but it's like people don't even like recognize how they feel after they eat yeah things you know what i mean and we just like but that's because we all ignore what our bodies are telling us like our entire lives because like like living because we're taught style is not like the 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 way of living no it's it's not and we're taught from a young age oh you're sneezing take an allergy pill so it's like we're taught from a young age like Oh, you're bloated? Take this gas X pill. Oh, you have diarrhea? Like, take this. Like, we we are constantly masking our issues oh. instead of being like, okay, wait a minute. Why am I bloated? Oh, every time I eat this, I'm, I'm bloated. I probably right. have an allergy. Maybe instead of covering up all my symptoms, I should avoid this allergy. Right. Right. It's as simple as that, right? It's as and simple as be, that. I used to be like one, like a person up until like a few years ago who like, 
if I like had a cold or like I had like sinus symptoms, I would be like like every thing I could get to try to get rid of those symptoms as fast as possible, I would buy. Like I want all the drugs, get rid of this, <laughs> fix it as fast as possible. And then I got to a point yeah. where I'm like like there was like one time where I like ran out of stuff and I like just didn't take it and I'm like it actually doesn't make a fucking difference in how long you're actually sick for. Like you're just like no. actually masking and like preventing the body from doing like what it naturally wants to do to heal yeah. whatever ailment you have. And you know, and it's just like let the body just be. But that's I mean, I know the joke around here too is that like I'm such a I'm such a sensitive being and soul <laughs> and that I can't possibly endure any sort of physical discomfort which is so true like I'm like the biggest baby like when I'm sick I'm like I don't feel good like when we came back from LA it finally like hit me like partway during that week after we got back and I was like man I feel like shit and she's like well I guess you're just gonna push through it and I'm like no I actually just am gonna go die in my bed slowly and she's like you're just so dramatic and I'm like I just can't endure any sort of physical discomfort but like but that, I think that's like a lot of people though like people are yeah. just not like I mean I even experienced that with patients who are just like hyper like just like it's just this like hypersensitivity to like any sort of like negative or or dis or uncomfortable experience or feeling which I totally understand and get because I'm the same way but it's like wow this is fascinating like but and this brings why, us like... go, go ahead, ahead finish i was just gonna say no like but you wonder why we have a an opioid epidemic like we do you know? every epidemic it's... that we do right and it's like but it's like the thing is is like i <laughs> We can shift after this, but, like, I read this article the other day. I didn't even know this was happening. Like, I don't pay much attention to, like, any mainstream media or news really Net anymore. Same. I do try to pay attention to, like, what's going on in, like, the world of healthcare and medicine so I can stay up to date on, like, the fuckery that is going on. But, like, I, like, just happened to see this thing pop up, and I was like, what? And I was like, and it's, like, this lawsuit that's been ongoing and this bankruptcy ordeal with the pharmaceutical company i can't even think of the name of it off the top of my head who's responsible for producing oxycontin and they're basically like being like they're filing for bankruptcy because they got sued so many times that basically they're the reason why there is an opioid epidemic and i'm like mm. okay like i get that they made it and like that they knew that it could be highly addictive but like there was, there's a lot of layers to that all just happening as easily as it did. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, like, how many just come down to the pharmacies? It then requires it then requires, you know, providers to prescribe it. It per, it requires people to have addictive personalities because they've experienced trauma in their life and they don't know how to deal with it, or they have mental health issues and we don't know how to deal with those. Right. And so, you know, or we have, you know, I worked with veterans for eight years. We have a, gr a group of humans in this country who nobody gives a shit about in the medical field the way right. that they should. 
as far as I'm concerned, no. like if you step foot into something like that, you should be handed everything you want when you come back. Not that I yeah. agree with what we're doing with our military and whatnot, but regardless, if you're a human who puts yourself into those situations, then, but like the fact that like, like at, when I had to try to deal with like the system and like get like things to like, like try to get pre-authorizations or prior auths for like certain tests or like medications and stuff that like these people needed because they had cancer because they were had agent orange covering them in vietnam and you're it takes you two years to approve or if you're going to give them any sort of like service connection to actually pay for what the fuck you did to them and it's like and the fact that like so many of them don't even really know like how to even like manipulate the system once again or navigate it in a way that gets them what they think they, what they don't even know what they deserve. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's just like, that brings it full circle to the fact that like, it's just, we've completely eradicated the human and it's all about the business. And again, like I love business. I love making money. I, I love the ins and outs of the strategy and how to get into all the nitty gritty. And I love I love all of it. However, we're talking about humans and like their physical well-being, their mental well-being. I mean, that that could be a whole nother podcast for you if we got into mental illness, you know, but um, I think, you know, to your point, what you're saying is it's just like it's lost. There's the the humanness is lost and that's the compassion piece. And Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I, that's why I love what you're doing. I love what you're saying. I love what you're bringing out. And th- and that's the piece is like, when you were saying about being uncomfortable, we are not taught that being uncomfortable is okay. We're taught to play small and like, you know, don't rock the boat. You know, we're, we're taught from a very young age, we're conditioned to like, you know, be the good, be the good girl, be the good boy, like pay attention, don't interrupt, like, but I think if we could shift, like, a tiny shift, right, like, one thirty-second of a centimeter <laughs> would be a huge shift to, like, mm-hmm. helping people actually, like, be like, okay, I'm uncomfortable having this conversation with you, or I'm uncomfortable in my body, what does that mean? Like, if we could understand what uncomfortable things meant, we right. could actually really create an impact on the world because we could have conversations like this. We could have conversations with ourselves about what is going on in my, like, if I'm uncomfortable, instead of numbing it with opioids or alcohol or whatever, depression, anti-anxiety medicine, if I could actually, like, sit with my uncomfortableness mm-hmm. and get to know myself, I might actually be, be aware enough to help myself without just masking all these crazy symptoms or having a miserable life. I mean, like it's all full circle and it's the whole thing. And you're totally right. You hit it nail on the, it's the uncomfortableness. If we're uncomfortable, our body is trying to talk to us. And instead of numbing, we have to start paying attention. And that goes for conversation as as well. Like we have to face uncomfortable conversations. Right, right. But it's like that, like you... But, like, we don't even have an opportunity to 
know what discomfort feels like because from the time that we're kids, we're told, like, oh, don't cry. Oh, don't yell. Oh, don't slam something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's like, and for me, it's so wild now with Ronan and watching him experience or like learn from what he sees happen around him like with me specifically like I do have there are times where I get mad and I'm loud about it and I like to slam things and he sees that and like not that like he shouldn't because we try to express to him that like something like anger is yeah. okay to have. You're allowed to be mad. Like, we don't have to suppress a feeling of anger, but, like, how can we deal with it in a healthy way that doesn't hurt anybody else or you or break something around you, which is, like, we're all working on that collectively. So, like, but, like, we let him instead of, but instead, like, I remember, like, when I was a kid, it was, like, don't, like, relax. Go to your room. Like, don't, be up, <laughs> don't be upset. Or, like, it's not, don't cry. You're fine. Like, All these things. Like, no, I want to fucking cry. Like, I cry all the time now, and I love it. Like, it feels so good. Literally yesterday morning, yesterday morning, I, like, I don't even know what happened. I got mad about time, which is, like, fake anyway, but, like, I got mad about time. (laughs) And, like, I, like, just, like, screamed something, and, like, Mia was completely unfazed. She's like, okay, well, I'm going to do yoga now, so you do you. And, like, I was just so mad. And, like, I would normally I would be doing yoga, and I'm like, I can't. I don't want to do yoga. And so, like, I just went outside, and I, like, slammed stuff around, and then I, like, sat in the woods, and I just cried. And I was like, and I felt great after. But, like, that's all you need to do. Like, just you, you go sat out with your uncomfortableness. Scream. Yes, you, know? you sat and, with like, your uncomfortableness. Right. Good Instead, job, D. If you, if you, right. For the first time <laughs> in 35 years. But, like, <laughs> but like we don't allow kids to do that from a young age, so they have no way of knowing how to cope. Like, it literally, it, it still, I still struggle with it, but it has taken me literally damn close to 35 years to figure out how to regulate my emotions on a regular basis. Yeah. Because I, for so long, was, like, I didn't, like, live, like, the only emotion I saw really of often in my house growing up was anger and loudness and like right you know and so like there was never like any like like you didn't see like sadness or if you if it happened like you didn't witness it or like if people like fought about things that you shouldn't fight about in front of kids like you didn't witness it and like now like we just like have all of our arguments in front of him we talk to him about it after this is what happened this is why we were mad you know, and, like, but, like, if you don't learn that from a, then you, like, you think that you can't be mad, and then you wonder why people are f- fucking fly off the handle and do crazy-ass shit, like. You're just, also exposing you know? Ronan to this, the concept of, like, it's okay to argue and disagree, and, like, we can, we can do it in a, in a way that is really uncomfortable, but then, like, comes full circle, where we're, like, okay, we got we got to where we needed to go and like i i love that you just said that because i think that that is another huge thing you know in our conditioning i mean we're definitely like going down a rabbit hole here but it but it is so true you know like the <laughs> but conditioning it's all part of it's all part know? of it and it's just like 
the system is created to 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 get us to fail and i think it takes very few, like few and far between can sh- can shy away from it and see that the system is is set up to fail mm-hmm. and then they choose differently but it's hard yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause then, like, look at the amount of kids who are like on crazy amounts of like antidepressants and stuff like that. Like that, you never like. I don't. I mean, granted, like it's. I feel like it was one of those things that like when we were kids, like weren't wasn't talked about. Like mental health is really just this kind of like very new, up and coming. Like we're all yeah. open and honest. Like yeah, yeah. I see a therapist. Oh, me too. Like oh yeah, go you. Like <laughs> like. You know, like, it's, like, it's, it's, it's much more celebrated now that, like, you are taking care of yourself. Like, because, like, we can go to a doctor every year who's going to do lab work on us and, like, look at our body and, like, make sure we're physically healthy. But, like, we're not doing anything to, like, like, make sure that shit's all up to date and feeling good and healthy and And that's where it all starts this is where it all starts it's your mental health your mental health is your physical health for sure i i was on um i was on anti-reflux medications from the time that i was like in college like when i started college i all of a sudden started having these like crazy like like i was like throwing up i like couldn't eat i had like terrible stomach pains and heartburn and then they're like oh you have reflux and it was like I went through the whole, like, workup and everything and, like, on a whole bunch of different meds. But from the time I was, like, what, in college, so, like, 18, 19 years old until, like, I kid you not, like, maybe less than five years ago. So for 20 years. years, I don't know. I'm I'm bad at math. Oh, yeah. 10 years. So for, like, 10, 12 years, I was on multiple medications to control my acid reflux. I had no physiological issue as to why. Like, I would get scoped right intermittently to make sure that I didn't have anything, you know, and but like, and then I figured it all out. It came out, all it was is stress. For me, that's all it was because I would get to a point where I was like, I started like messing around with the meds. Like once I started like I'm like, I don't really want to be taking these. And, like, once I started getting into, like, actually practicing medicine, I was learning more about that long-term use of these meds can have a lot of detrimental side effects. I'm like, I don't fucking want these. So I'm like, okay. So I would trial myself off of them. But every time I would get – I could go for, like, months and months and months, and then I'd get in, like, a really stressful situation for one sort of another. And then, like, I'd end up back on them, and I would, like, end up with the same thing. And, like, my doctor at one point was like – are you paying, like, is it, like, do you get stressed every time, like, this happens? Because, like, you come in, like, every six months to a year, and it's always the same thing, and we got to put you back on your meds and taper you back off, and, like, and I was, like, started to pay attention. I was, like, fuck, it is. And, like, I haven't been on them in a few years now, but, like, I've also been cognizant of, like, my stress levels and have controlled them in a way that I don't need to, like... And it's crazy because we don't even think twice about it. Like, we don't think, like, oh, you're a kid who just started college. I wonder why you might be having these physiological symptoms. Oh, you're stressed? Oh, okay. Wow. Let's give you tools to manage your stress. 
No, instead, yeah. here, here's a drug that you will likely be on for the rest of your life unless you either know to advocate for yourself that you want to come off of it mm. or you happen to have a doctor who, like, thinks that same way because there are providers out there who do think in a way of, like, hey, you know, I don't think you need this anymore, but, like, it's just one of those time things that, like, you don't have the time to necessarily always think about taking things away. It's just we just keep adding. Yeah. Yeah, like we don't, nobody takes the time to like look at a med list and say like, you're on 10 meds and you're coming in with this symptom. What are you on that could be causing that? Like that used to be my fucking favorite game to play in long-term care, man. It was like, I have all of these ailments that started on this time, this time, this time. And then you start to like look back through the chart and it's like a mystery. And then you're like, oh, that lines up there, that lines up there, and that lines up there. They all make sense. They're all side effects of these medications and you take them off of them and they're fine. And then he's like, Oh my God, nobody told us that. Like nobody told you that if they went on this medication, that's like known to have a very common and high risk of this side effect that you may experience it and what to do if you (laughs) did. And they're like, no, nobody ever told us. And I'm like, terrifying, but it's just like, And it's like you want to sit there and be like, well, these are just unintelligent human beings who are doing this work. But like at the end of the day, it's also like, well, then I think back to me of like how many times I forgot to do say something to a patient because like I just had eight other eight million things in my head. And I was like, oh, crap, I forgot to tell him about this or that. But like I was in a place where I could like it was a facility so I could just walk back to their room and tell them when I remembered versus like. You're not right. going to call this patient up at home and tell them and do all that, you know? And it's just, so it's just like, oh, fuck it. Well, yeah. Well, it and I mean, <laughs> they're part, of, they're part of the failing system too. Like it's not their fault either. Like they're not allotted the time, energy and space to, to, to be able to treat people the way that they probably wanted to when they first got into the industry. I mean, I think exactly. it is just this giant system of failure. And so it's like the system itself is what needs to be looked at and restructured. Right. And like, it, that's the thing is like, nobody like really expects this going into it. It's like, I no. talked to one of my friends like a few weeks ago and I was just like, Hey, how's life? Like, we haven't talked in a while. How's work? She's an, she's also a nurse practitioner. And um, she's like, oh, you know. Sorry, there's work. a wasp. It's okay. <laughs> I'm having wasp trauma I yesterday. Wasp trauma. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, oh, shit, there's still one alive. And it's, like, right on the table where I'm trying to do this podcast. Oh, God. Sorry, Dee. Um, it's okay. We welcome yeah. all guests, guests of all sorts. <laughs> Even the scary ones. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, man. Anyways. But, like, yeah. Um, but I'm like, so how you, and she's like, oh, you know, work is work. It could be worse. I'm like, and thinking, like, it could be worse, but, like, it could also be better. So, like, can't we talk about yeah. that? And then she's like, you know, but, like, most people who do our job fucking hate it anyway, and, like, nobody actually likes what they're doing. And I'm just like, and, like, the thing is, is, like, if you, like, didn't intricately, like, really know the industry and, like, 
ever fully experience it. Like there's plenty of people out there who would believe that statement that like, I think like, no, there's no way people, their people are that miserable. They get to like take care of people and save lives. But like, no, like, yeah, they all actually like just don't love what they're doing because they thought they were going to be doing something different. I didn't think I was going to be staring into a computer screen for 10 out of 12 hours. Like I said that I, (laughs) after I got, after I said that I was like, Oh my God. And I like looked at Mia and I said, you know what though? That's like literally like I, when I would work, I would spend like maybe an hour, maybe two max a day. Actually on the units, seeing patients doing what I needed to do. And like the rest of the day I was in front of a computer. Wow. And like, you know, because it's just like, it's, it's like, because once you get like the actual charting done that you need to for a patient, then it's like, then you have other paperwork to do that's like for mm-hmm. insurance stuff. And then you have like pharmacist reviews to review because the pharmacist has to review meds and then you have to approve them or like, you know, and then it's just, it's just endless, like, just like you are never caught up there's always something more to do and usually you don't even have time to like try to get caught up and it's like I didn't like go I didn't learn to do this job to like become a really good computer guru and like learn how to use like all the EMRs in the world like (laughs) no no like yeah and it's like like do you like actually know like anything about the person that you're like taking care of like i remember there'd be so many times where we would read obituaries that families would write Mm. these were patients who were there for like a year or more and like you thought you knew them and then all of a sudden you're reading and you're like he did what when wow what and it's like and it's like and these are people who you spent a year with 24 7 and like you didn't know it like what that is just wild it should be like what's your name why are you here and give me one fun fact about you like talk about a human (laughs) experience that like we would all have could you imagine like the conversations that you could actually have with one another or like the commonalities that you may find between people who you thought you didn't actually like compare to or think you had common interests or like thought you had the same idea about something like imagine that but it's like no it's just like but like you said it's just like you're you don't even like look at the person when they walk in their room because you're staring at your computer screen trying to get your documentation done so you don't have to do it after because you got a patient to see in the next room (laughs) yeah exactly yeah and it's just it's crazy well how are you gonna change it d what what is your mission here I don't know. It's a big one. But, like, I think that's, like, what I said, like, I just think that, like, people need to just start, like, speaking up. Like, if you know, like, you know everybody you work with except maybe that one unicorn who, like, happens to really feel like they know what they're doing and they, like, actually want to be compassionate. But, like, if the majority of you know, like, you hate what you're doing like there's got to be like a good chunk of you out there that are like 
something needs to change and like i want to change it so i instead of like just following the majority i'm gonna be like you know because it's just as simple as like you know it's like you wonder why people don't want to be in a hospital right you wonder why patients like the minute like they get admitted to a hospital they're like miserable because they don't want to fucking be there either but then not only do they not want to be there on christmas day <laughs> like not home with their family then yeah. they have to hear the staff all bitch about how they don't want to be there either because they hate their job and this patient patient's an asshole and this family member is a pain in the ass and nobody will leave them alone and then you wonder why, like, so it's just, like, instead of, like, indulging in those conversations, like, what if we just, like, took a step back and we're, like, hey, team, instead of, like, everybody bitching about why they hate their lives right now, why don't we all go find out one fun fact about our patient and see who comes up with the best one, you know? Or, like, hey, let's not love have that. this conversation. And, you know, and it's just, like, And sometimes I think it's just as simple as not even participating. Because I think also, too, if people realize that less people are participating in a conversation that doesn't need to be happening, then they'd be like, oh, that's interesting. Or, oh, or just simply be like, let's change the topic and not think that Mr. Smith is an asshole. And maybe we should, like, wonder why he feels this way. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Bob, do you want to be in the hospital bed on Christmas? I don't either. So neither does Mr. Smith. <laughs> like, you know, it's like yeah. people plan for, like, their admission to the hospital during the most inconvenient times in their lives. And then we're all, like, wondering why people are assholes. But, like, we're all just being assholes to each other because, like, everybody just hates everything that's happening. <laughs> Instead, we could just be like, oh, you're a human, so too? Basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah humanness and compassion that's like step one where do we start bring back the human uh, insert a little compassion probably try and focus on gratitude or like how can we make this fun like i love that what you were saying like how can we make this like nobody wants to be here right it's christmas right but how can we make this fun right. All right, like, everyone go find the dirtiest fact about your patient, you know, or the funniest right. fact, or, like, right. like, get a good story. Right, like, you gotta be there anyway. Like, you signed up for this, yeah. you're in it, right? Like, just, you might as well make the best of it. Like, it's just, yeah. like, I don't know, it's just, like, people enjoy just... It's really funny that, like, you know what? This is, <laughs> this is a fascinating paradox of like we just talked about how people don't like to be uncomfortable yeah but we're fine we're completely fine with being completely fucking miserable we're Mm. like all just like walking around here all like all tense and all closed off talk about you know like what we just went through a fascinating heart-opening experience in IRL you know and it's just like but like you know, we're all just, like, standing like this and yeah. all just, like, clenched up and pissed off. And we're like, that's – but we're all like, oh, my God, if <clears throat> my throat hurts, I need to go to the ER and get three yeah. medications for it. Like, it's just it – makes, it makes absolutely no sense where instead we could just be like, well, I got to be here for 12 hours, so might as well make the best yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love it. 
I love that. Uh, a little bit more, more of that in the world, please. And thank you. Yes, for sure. All right. Well, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you. you having me and this having great. this conversation. We're going to do more of these, I hope, because oh, I sure. feel like we have like 95 rabbit holes we can go down. Oh, for <laughs> sure. I'll take notes as I'm editing it and then I'll just be like, okay, yeah. here we go. We'll just check Perfect. each one off the list. All right. You can edit out the Sounds part where great. I'm trying to bat wasps because now I'm deathly afraid of them. Yeah, I could, <laughs> but I don't know. I might have to leave it in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I love show. you. Thank you for having right. me. Yeah, comedy show. Mwah.